What's up, people? What's good? What's happening? What's popping with it? What's bracking? What's cracking? All that good stuff. It's your boy, again, Melanin Dread. Welcome back to the MLYO Show, My Life, Your Opinion, where I tell you about my life and you give your opinion, even though that shit don't matter. Ha ha! What's good with it? On today's segment, we're going to catch back up on the last one I did a couple of days ago about being an ex-foster kid and what was going on through all that when I was actually when I was actually a foster kid, when I actually was a foster kid. And I know yesterday I might have sounded kind of sick. I was a little stuffy, but I, you know, I got over it. So hopefully you guys are in tune today. So anyway, like I was saying yesterday, if you guys listen to my whole story until the end and when I told you I was going to get y'all back to that part after I start my next segment. So here we are. All right. So like I was saying, this woman I used to stay with, you know what I'm saying? She used to, when she get mad or whatever, when it's time for me to get a whooping, it wasn't no ordinary whoopings, man. It was just like uh, extraterrestrial shit. Like like I told you, she made me strip ass naked. She will run some hot water or warm water on a big ass drive tire and whoop a nigga like a motherfucking, like she trying to tame a horse. And you know, me being, what, 11, 11 years old. Uh, about a hundred pounds, I think. I want to say, I was like eleven year old, eleven year old, probably like a hundred pounds, probably like I probably like ninety pounds, probably ninety five pounds, almost a hundred pounds. So you know, little husky dude. So imagine me taking off my goddamn clothes, you know, being a little chunky, chubby, little eleven year old, you know, and get not like no goddamn Professor Clump type shit. Now come on now, y'all can't get all out of hand with the chubby. Yeah shit so don't be thinking i got big ass jaws or big belly and titties and shit now nah, i had a little extra meat on my bones you know if you seen me before if you go to my instagram or whatever my facebook and look at my pictures you know i ain't just no big ass nigga i'm kind of husky you know what i'm saying i still fuck you up you know what i'm saying don't get it twisted just because i wear glass y'all niggas think shit be funny and shit just because i'm funny fuck that you made me mad i'm gonna turn glitz on your bitch ass when i was just winning the pool about 10 seconds ago so like i said so you know what i'm saying after you know that shit went down or whatever when she started beating a nigga and shit. And then she'll go take a nigga and buy, buy me some shoes or go buy me a new shirt or something or a new game for my PlayStation, which she bought. And, you know, next thing you know, I pretty much forget about the shit because she'll do something to make me forget about it. Okay. Then, this was like, you know what I'm saying, like six months into the shit. I literally just moved in with these people. And so... She had, she has one, two children, I think. She had two children. Both of them was boys. One was an older cat that was in the military. His name was Ralph, I think. Yeah, his name was Ralph, Raphael Brown. But they call, we called him Ralph. He was cool. Cool as a motherfucker. Kind of remind me of Timberland. Yeah, just because how he was, his swag and shit, and how he talked and shit. You know, he was a cool ass dude. Had a big ass, nice ass house. Um, in Memphis, Tennessee, that was the first time I ever been outside the state when she took me to see her son and his family in Memphis. That was the craziest thing. And then we went to the mall and shit, man. Big ass indoor mall. Like, man, for a kid from a poverty community and a, and a broken home background, seeing shit like that really blew me away to them. It was like, you know, well, we see this shit all the time or we come up here all the time or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it was like heaven you know what i'm saying this big giant ass store with all these fly ass clothes and shoes and shit everywhere 
and I could just walk around and she was just gonna buy shit for me. You know what I'm saying? Like when Sean John, you know, uh, them little Sean John fits was popping back then. You know what I'm saying? With the little matching top and the bottom suede and all that shit. I had. She bought me one of them, but my shit was like, my shit was like, uh, 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 what's that shit called? I had a Sean John one that was like cream and brown, cream and chocolate, and then I had one. It was like cream. With the chocolate outline, then had like the Sean John emblem on the little chest. Boy, that bit was clean. Then she bought me some, uh, like some white. She bought me like some white Nikes, the ones that kind of look like Sacones a little bit, but they Nikes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. With the little bottom of the shoe that look like shark teeth. You know what I'm talking about. Them bitches were jumping then. So, nigga, I was fly when I went to school. Everybody wanted my shit. Cause she had bought me one Sean John, and then she bought me a, she bought me a, uh, 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 what's that shit called, y'all? A fat one with fat abernum on it and shit. That bitch was clean. I think it was fat form or something. And it had like fat abernum his homies and shit on it, like on one side of the leg and shit and like on the little chest part and his man for the eleven year old bro, I was clean, bro, for real. She bought me that shit. So okay. Like I said, you know, Raph, he was cool, bro. His wife was pretty, her name was Tanya. Then they had a little daughter that uh her name was uh I don't even remember her name, but I know we used to call her. She he they called her Nunu, so I don't remember her name. But I just remember little Nunu. So um, she was about, when I first met her, she was like six months crawling around and shit, you know what I'm saying? Then, like the next time I seen the little baby, it was like a year later and she was walking and shit. So, you know, I got used to them. He had, you, you know, Ralph was cool. He had a big ass house, you know, a big ass house, you know, for a military man, you know, for, uh, as a kid, it was a big, nice house. If you can look up, if you can go in somebody's house and look up and... They ceiling fan is so tall that you probably gonna need a ladder to climb up that bitch and change a light bulb. That is a big ass house. They had sliding back doors and shit. He had two cars. He had like an avalanche when them bitches first came. He had one of them and he had a Mustang. I ain't gonna never forget that shit because I thought that shit. I, I'm thinking these niggas is rich. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so that was you know that was him. You know that her kid. Then she had this other son. Was a younger brother. Was the younger. He was the younger brother. His name was Kendrell. Cool ass nigga. Like a hood ass nigga. I mean, cool ass dude, bro. He had like he had like gold in his mouth. He was a barber. Everybody knew him in the hood because he played sports. He played like basketball and football and shit. So he was like a, a neighborhood hero, I guess you want to say. He was he was cool, man. You know, he cut hair at the local barber shop and he had a Mustang. You know, so we stayed in the country, so he had a Mustang too. But he had a Mustang that like you could pick that bitch out in the crowd. It was like this trans what's that word? This pearlescent orange orange and green and like purple so like it was more orange though it was like pearlescent orange but like if it hit hit the sun at different angles and shit it'll change colors like to green or, or like a, a light blue but it always had that orange accent in it man that shit, and he had that bitch on like 22s like i'm talking about that's when you know big timers and all that shit was jumping you know what i'm saying so it, this was like he, you know he had one of the hottest cars in the hood you know right now it'll be like a throwback you know what i'm saying but he was cool too Okay, so, you know, I told y'all, you know, about Eddie Brown, you know, his they daddy and shit, you know, Action Jackson, you know, the well-known uh, 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 Lieutenant Eddie Brown, Officer Eddie Brown, whatever he was, he had rank. I remember seeing all them stars and shit on his police uh, shirt. So, one day, uh, I came home early by myself, because, you know, they used to let me stay at home by myself, because, you know, I was older. By the time I was, like, 12, I was in, like, what, the sixth grade? Yeah, so one day... You know, I asked, you know, Drill used to let me go play his game and shit. He had a, uh, a PlayStation, you know, when them bitches was clean. He had, like, one of the first PlayStation Slims, one of the PlayStation Slims. Excuse me, y'all, I'm tripping. The first PlayStation Slim that came out, like, the PlayStation 2 Slim, like, the real, the tiny one. So, 
he used to let me play his shit and ask me, yeah, like, Fight Night Round 3 and shit, and, and Tekken 3, and, you know, when all, all the new hot games, he had all that shit, all the Air Maxes that you see that niggas like, this throwback, 95, 98s, all that, he had every color, every pair, he had all the suede suit, everything he had, like, this nigga was head-to-toe matching with everything, and I always had jewelry on and shit, like, you would, you would think he was a dope boy, I'm gonna get to that later and let y'all know about that. So anyway, one day he let me play his game, and he uh, he had every pair of shoes like you could ever think of: Saucony, Reeboks, Nikes, Jordans, all that shit. Closet full of shit. So one day I went in his closet, and I got his game. It was like in a little Walmart bag: the wires, the PlayStation, the controllers, all that shit. The games was like on a little TV, on a TV stand, like you know one of them throwbacks. They look like a bookshelf, but you actually put DVDs and VCs. Yeah, one of them. So I went to going through the games and shit. Goddamn. So I got curious. I started looking at his shoes, and you know me being twelve, I only what I only what I was like a size eight, a size yeah. I think I was like a size eight, but he wore like a size ten, so I couldn't really wear his shoes. I think I was, well, I was like in a seven and a half or some shit, and he was like in a ten, eleven, and I couldn't wear none of his shoes. So I started going through his shoes, trying to see if he had like an old pair that he didn't wear anymore, and I could probably just you know because he was cool, so I wanted to be like him. Man, I went to looking under this dude's bed. You know, which was the wrong thing to do for a 12-year-old going swimming around. Man, I looked at this man in bed. I seen this Nike box. You know, like you get the Nike box at the, the store, the orange with the white check marks. Brand new looking box. So I pulled it out from under the bed. Thank you. You know, he probably got some exclusive bitches in this motherfucker. Man, I pulled out the box, bro. Now, me being a 12-year-old, I didn't know nothing about this shit at the time. But something told me it was wrong. I don't know why. I guess because, you know... The way that I, I grew up in, in, in the hood and all this shit, around niggas smoking weed and all this shit. So when I pulled out the box, I opened up the box. This man had like two big dumbass freezer bags, Ziploc bags of weed. And you can smell the shit, but and you couldn't smell it until I opened it. So I opened the shit, like I opened a box, and as soon as I seen it, why did I know that that was bad? Why did I know I had to go tell his dad that there was a police officer that he had some shit under the bed? Like, I don't even, to this day, I still can't figure that shit out because I had never seen weed before. I had never seen weed before up until that time that I saw that shit under that man's bed. Okay, so okay, yeah, I was a little kid doing a little dumb shit. Okay, you can call me a hater, whatever the fuck you want. That's why it's called my life, your opinion. Who cares? I don't. Anyway, so I pulled the box out, opened the shit up. He had weed, like two, it had to be like two pounds in these big ass bags, like two pounds. So I put the shit back on the thing, and I went in my room, and I went to playing my game. You know, no, I started back playing his game, playing boxing shit. Then I got bored, put that shit back up, put it back in the closet. Then I went in my room and started playing my PlayStation 1, you know. So I'm watching TV and shit, you know what I'm saying. And as soon as Eddie got home, I don't know what the fuck came over me, y'all. I don't know, but... I went in there and I told him, I was like, man, he got something on his bed you might want to look at. And I don't know, as a 12-year-old, how did I know that that was bad? I still don't get it. If y'all can help me with that, help me with that. Have y'all ever experienced something when you was young and don't know why exactly why you did something? Or you don't know what was the cause of you to do it? So, because I'm still stuck on that shit. So, anyway, I went and told his daddy that he had some shit under the bed. And I guess he actually went back there and looked for the shit. And I guess when he found out it was weed... They got into an argument and everything because I'm in my room. I'm in my room and then she, I guess he called Kendrell over. I guess he called Drell to the house because she, he showed up. So I'm in my room. My room is literally like I could take three steps across the hallway and be in 
you know, my mom, my foster mom and dad room, Eddie Brown room. So the whole time I'm li- just sitting in my room in my lazy boy chair, listening to him fussing his son. You don't supposed to bring that shit in my house and, and blah, 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 blah. And I raised you better than that. I can't believe you. You know, I got all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, in my head, I'm like, what have I done? He ain't going to never trust me again. He ain't going to never be cool with me again. You know what I'm saying? So think about how I'm feeling. So I'm thinking, you know, all this drama and shit I've been through with my life, I just thought, you know, all the bad shit that always happened to me, I just figured something bad was going to happen. So I'm sitting there listening, and I got afraid because I'm thinking he finna come, his son finna come to the room and beat me up or something. I didn't know at the moment that grown folks can't beat up. I mean, grown folks can do whatever they want and go to jail or die or whatever. They just going to do what they want because they grown, but... Me being 12, I thought he was going to come beat me up or some shit because I just told on him. I mean, niggas know, I mean, humans know what happens when you snitch or when you tell on somebody. You know you done did something wrong, so it's going to be something coming behind him most of the time. So I thought he was going to come beat me up some shit. So what I did, I walked across the room and, like, to get to my closet, I had to walk across the door. So when I walked across the door to him, it looked like I was eavesdropping. I mean, I can understand how that shit look. You already mad. I done told on you and shit and then blah, 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 blah. So I went and got in the closet, and it was like a two-door closet. So he seen me go in that bitch and close the door, and I actually saw him walk out the room and look in my room like, nigga, I saw you type shit. So I just really wanted him to leave so you get this shit over with, so blah, blah, blah. And you know the funny thing was? He was my barber. His mama took me to his shop every damn day, every Sunday to get my hair cut. So I knew, you know, it was going to be weird for me to sit in that man's chair and him cut my hair knowing I'm the one that got him kicked out. I'm the one that got him kicked out the house. You know what I'm saying? So how am I supposed to feel about that? Okay. So come this Sunday. This had this had to be like, matter of fact, this happened on like a Friday because it was like my last day of school because, you know, the weekend was coming up. So this man came, uh, you know, Sunday came, and she took me to the shop to get my hair cut and shit. Man, I'm feeling weird as fuck. Cause like, man, I just told on you, and you gotta cut my hair. You know what I'm saying? At a barbershop, all black men know that. And when you go in a barbershop, bro, they talk about all they shit, all they problems, everything that's going on. Like how the women do when they go to the nail they talk about their man, talk about their job, talk about their house and their kids and shit. Niggas do the same shit at the barbershop. So I'm just knowing this nigga done went in like, man, I got this little weak-ass foster brother. He done went in there and told everything. He's a little punk-ass. I can't stand that little nigga, all this shit, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that's what had happened. So as soon as I walked in, I'm talking about like, it was like eight chairs, eight barbers in that bitch. As soon as I walked in the door, he looked at me. Drell looked at me. And like four other niggas turned their head and looked at me. He just started laughing. Like, he was like, there he go, y'all. There, there, there he go. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm 12, man. I'm 12. And it's a it's a, a barbershop full of grown niggas. Man, goddamn, I'm guessing... You know, his mama knew, you know, Miss Brown knew he was going to talk about the shit or something. So she left and it was the first time she ever did this shit. Usually she sit in that bitch. Actually, I'm lying. She usually do leave and go somewhere and then come back. So she left. <laughs> she left. And goddamn, soon as she walked out the door, you know what I'm saying? I was quiet for like the whole first 30 minutes waiting on my chance to get in the chair or whatever. So my turn come up, goddamn, I get in the chair, this man didn't say shit to me, you know what I'm saying, he laughed and snickled a little bit, but not like no, yeah, fuck that little nigga type shit, it was like, <laughs> this little man snitched on me, man, I can't believe this, I thought we was cool, so you know what I'm saying, basically, you know, he started cutting my hair, whatever, and, and, and then it came out, he was like, man, why, why you do it, bro, 
And you know what I'm saying? Me being 12, I just told you. I didn't know nothing about no weed until I seen it. I just knew it was bad. How did I know that? I don't know. So, Drill was like, man, damn, why you do it? You know what I'm saying? You know, man, my daddy got into it and shit. I seen you eavesdropping and shit when you walked down to the thing. You know what I'm saying? And right when I was finna tell him, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't eavesdropping. I was trying to hide from you so you wouldn't beat me up. He didn't even let me finish talking, I guess, because he was mad. You know, he didn't want his niggas to feel like, I guess, I let a 12-year-old get the flow over me or whatever. So, he in the midst of me finna say, I wasn't eavesdropping. Yes, you was. Yes, you was. I saw you when you... So, when he did all that shit, I just cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? I let him talk. And, you know, he was cutting my hand shit. You could tell he was kind of angry because, like, how he grabbed... You know how the barber grab your head? They turn your head trying to turn the shit so they can line you up. This nigga had a little grip. You know what I'm saying? You know? So I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? And all that shit just started adding up. Then I started thinking about what I did and started feeling bad. I started crying and shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Not like, <gasps> none of that bitch shit. So don't try to play me, niggas. None of y'all. <laughs> so, um... I started, you know, sniffling and shit. You know, tears start falling out my eyes, bro. He stopped. He was like, man, what you crying for? You know what I'm saying? He was like, and then I guess he started realizing, goddamn, what he was doing was adding up to, you know what I'm saying? He was like, he's like, man, stop that, man. We don't cry. We don't do that. We men. You know what I'm saying? This was the first time, like, as far as, like, some manly figure shit was really telling me, you know, this is what the world is about. So, we don't do that, man. We don't cry because when you cry, people think you weak. And they're going to always think you weak. And they're going to remember the time that you cried. So, he was like, man, I'm not mad at you. I'm just really, I'm disappointed. I didn't think you would did nothing like that. Or, oh, better yet, go in my room snooping around for shit. Like, I, how did you find my shit? You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know me. I, I told him. He was under the bed. What you doing under my bed, bro? Because you got all them shoes and I thought them was some new shoes. And that shit made him laugh. You know what I'm saying? I guess he thought I was in there trying to get him in trouble or, you know, just getting into shit. But really, I was just looking for some more shoes. And I guess once he found that shit out that I was just looking for some shoes, it's like I could look at him and tell it was a relief that, like, oh, so he wasn't really in there snooping through shit. He was just looking through my shoes and thought he was going to find another. You know, so once he said, you know what I'm saying, I, you know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, you know, it disappointed me. And, you know, it, it hurt me a little bit because I thought you was my little brother. He was like, I never had a little brother, so... You was going to be my cooler brother. He said this shit in front of everybody, all these niggas in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? So if you mad enough to lower yourself down to a 12-year-old and tell them, you know what I'm saying, you hurt you hurt me a little bit or I'm disappointed and all that shit, you know, as a little brother type shit, you like, damn, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, I ain't going to never do that shit again. I ain't gonna so a long story short, after that shit happened, he stopped coming around a lot more. Like, usually he used to come by the house all the time and... You know, beat a nigga head in on that motherfucking fight night round three. Or they taking or he'll come in there and, you know, change his clothes. And spend a, he, he used to spend a night maybe. I mean, because he had a room in there. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, he started coming around and shit. And, you know, uh, he started getting into trouble and shit. So, after that shit started happening, I think, I always thought it was me that, that, that made all that bad shit start happening. You know, that's what you do when you're young. When you can't find an answer to the shit. So, um... Right after that incident happened, well, you know, he stopped coming by the house and shit, and, you know, he started lessening up his visits. That's when the shit got bad. Like, like, Eddie goddamn started taking with me him, taking him with me when he go do his little dirty work. Not like all the time, but like, I remember three Pacific times he took me, um, he took me, we went to the park or something, and he met with this woman, 
And goddamn, he basically just told me to chill in the car. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, he left the car running, you know, chill in the car for a minute, blah, blah, blah. I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? He bought me snacks and shit. So I was good. So like he set the shit up like he had done this shit before. So, you know, he came back and he never said, you know what I'm saying? Don't say nothing or don't tell your mama or none of this shit. It's like he knew that I wasn't going to say nothing. Or, I don't know. I don't know how he knew this. I guess he knew I, he intimidated me. But either way, he played that shit well because... Nigga went, went, excuse me, y'all, uh, had to clip my nose, so it's like when, when she came to me, when Velma came, her, his wife came to me and asked me questions, she said, have you seen other women in, you in hell no, nah, I don't know nothing, you know what I'm saying, I'm 12, I mean, I know everything, but I ain't finna tell you shit, like, that's not what I said, I, I mean, I thought it, I thought it, but in my head, I said that, but when she asked me, I'd be like, nope. Uh, ain't no other women been over here. Ain't no other woman been in your bed. I don't know what you talk about. You know what I'm saying? It just be me and him. So the last thing I remember is like he went on like a date out of town because he took me with him. This was the first time I ever been to Biloxi. This was before Katrina hit. Cause when I when we came down here, I thought we was in Las Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Cause it took a little minute. You know what I'm saying? Cause we stayed in Canton, Mississippi. That's like the country. That's like Yazoo City. Look up Yazoo City. I'm telling you, that's like the country, 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 country. And we was in Canton, like extra country. So, okay. He took me to Biloxi, and it was the first time I went on this Dolphin Island thing excursion where you get on this little ship, this little mini ship thing, and they got snacks and food on it. Other people sitting on there, and they take you out in the water, and you see dolphins and shit swimming and shit, and then you get off and walk to the little thing and buy shit it's like a, a excursion or some shit dolphin island i remember the shit because it was the first time i seen dolphins the first time i ever been in the water well in the ocean the first time i ever seen casinos and shit so it was a beautiful experience for me not knowing that this man was cheating on his wife the whole time so okay so after that happened he brought me back and shit you know what i'm saying now he did tell me don't speak on this shit. Don't say nothing about goddamn where we went. You know what I'm saying? He did tell me that shit. But he never said, don't say you saw me with another woman. Or you. he never said. He just was like, don't say we went to Biloxi. Don't tell her we went to. Just tell her we went up the road. And, you know, just it's a little simple shit for me not to get confused. And fuck, like, he knew what he was doing. The man was smooth as shit. So, okay, after that shit happened and shit, they started getting the bad arguments and shit. And. And goddamn, uh, then one of the dogs that they had for a long time had died, and then they got uh another dog, a rock roller, that grew exponentially in like six months. Man, it was crazy. Like that dog got so goddamn big in like six months. That shit was goddamn ridiculous. Um, he was cool. Then he started getting vicious after a while. So I start, I stopped fucking with him, even though I had knew him since he was a puppy. But when that nigga got big, like a hundred some pounds, I stopped fucking with that nigga. Cause he had like he ain't know me no more. Okay, okay, so long story short, so I told you the woman used to beat the shit out of me, so eventually it started getting so bad to the point she used to leave whips and shit on me, but after I go to sleep and wake up in the morning, them whips would be gone, because I used to say, I'm going to use this for, I'm going to use this for um, evidence that she beat me, so when my social worker comes see me, I can be like, look, she just beat me, look at this shit, so one day I got smart, I got real smart, I said, uh, I got, cause I got tired of the shit, man. I got tired of feeling like I that she could just beat me whenever she get mad. So one day I went to school and I went to just sucking on my arm, like literally putting hickeys all over my arms and shit that looked like bruises, like she been beating me so I could get the fuck up out of there. And man, that shit worked. 
So when my social worker came to the house, like that last time, it's like she couldn't tell her nothing. Like, where you get these whips and shit from? Where you get the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy, bro. Like, it worked. Genuinely, she couldn't even explain herself. Like, she didn't even know if she did it, but I had did the shit. Okay, so by this time, I was like 12. 12, yeah. Okay. Tune in to the next episode. I don't want to leave y'all hanging. Thanks for checking in at the My Life, Your Opinion show. This your boy, Mun. That boy, 40, whatever you want to call me. And I said 40, like a gun, not farted like gas. So, fuck you. Um... Anyway, hit me up for the next episode. I'm going to tune y'all in on what happened after I left this last foster home. Appreciate y'all. What's up, people? What's good? What's happening? What's popping with it? What's cracking? What's cracking? All that good stuff. It's your boy, again, Melanin Dread. Welcome back to the MLYO show, My Life, Your Opinion, where I tell you about my life and you give your opinion, even though that shit don't matter. Ha <laughs> ha! What's good with it? On today's segment, we're going to catch back up on the last one I did a couple of days ago about being an ex-foster kid and what was going on through all that when I was actually when I was actually a foster kid, when I actually was a foster kid. And I know yesterday I might have sounded kind of sick. I was a little stuffy, but I, you know, I got over it. So hopefully you guys are in tune today. So anyway, like I was saying yesterday, if you guys listen to my whole story until the end, and when I told you I was going to get y'all back to that part after I start my next segment. So here we are. All right. So like I was saying, this woman I used to stay with, you know what I'm saying? She used to. When she get mad or whatever, when it's time for me to get a whooping, it wasn't no ordinary whoopings, man. It was just like uh, extraterrestrial shit. Like like I told you, she made me strip ass naked. She'll run some hot water or warm water on a big-ass drive tire and whoop a nigga like a motherfucking, like she trying to tame a horse. And, you know, me being, what, 11, 11 years old, uh, about 100 pounds, I think I want to say. I was like 11 year old, 11 year old, probably like 100 pounds, probably like, I was probably like 90 pounds, probably 95 pounds, almost 100 pounds, so, you know, little husky dude, so imagine me taking off my goddamn clothes, you know, being a little chunky, chubby, little 11 year old, you know, and get, not like no goddamn Professor Clump type shit, now, come on now, y'all can't get all out of hand with the chubby and shit, so don't be thinking I got big ass jaws or big belly and titties and shit, nah, I had a little extra meat on my bones. You know, if you seen me before, if you go to my Instagram or whatever, my Facebook and look at my pictures, you know I ain't just no big ass nigga. I'm kind of husky, you know what I'm saying? I still fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted just because I wear glass. Y'all niggas think shit be funny and shit just because I'm funny. Fuck that. You make me mad, I'm going to turn glitz on your bitch ass when I was just winning the pool about 10 seconds ago. So, like I said, so you know what I'm saying? After, you know, that shit went down or whatever when she started beating a nigga and shit, and then she'll go take a nigga and buy, buy me some shoes or go buy me a new shirt or something or a new game for my PlayStation, which she bought. And, you know, next thing you know, I pretty much forget about the shit because she'll do something to make me forget about it. Okay. Then, this was like, you know what I'm saying, like six months into the shit. I literally just moved in with these people. And so, she had, she has... 
one, two children, I think. She had two children. Both of them was boys. One was an older cat that was in the military. His name was Raph, I think. Yeah, his name was Raph, Raphael Brown. But they call, we called him Raph. He was cool. Cool as a motherfucker. Kind of remind me of Timberland. Yeah, just because how he was, his swag and shit, and how he talked and shit. You know, he was a cool-ass dude. He had a big-ass, nice-ass house um, in Memphis, Tennessee. That was the first time i ever been outside the state when she took me to see her son and his family in Memphis. That was the craziest thing. And then we went to the mall and shit, man. Big-ass indoor mall. Like, man, for a kid from a poverty community and a, and a broken home background, Seeing shit like that really blew me away to them. It was like, you know, well, we see this shit all the time, or we come up here all the time, or, you know, blah, 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 blah. But to me, it was like heaven, you know what I'm saying? This big giant-ass store with all these fly-ass clothes and shoes and shit everywhere. And I could just walk around, and she just gonna buy shit for me, you know what I'm saying? Like when Sean John, you know, uh, them little Sean John fits was popping back then, you know what I'm saying? With the little matching top and the bottom suede and all that shit I had. She bought me one of them, but my shit was like, my shit was like, uh, 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 what's that shit called? I had a Sean John one that was like cream and brown, cream and chocolate, and then I had one. It was like cream with the chocolate outline, and then had like the Sean John emblem on the little chest. Boy, that bit was clean. Then she bought me some, uh, like some white. She bought me like some white Nikes, the ones that kind of look like Sacconis a little bit, but they Nikes. Y'all know what I'm talking about with the little bottom of the shoe that look like shark teeth. You know what I'm talking about. Them bitches were jumping then. So, nigga, I was fly when I went to school. Everybody wanted my shit. Cause she had bought me one Sean John and then she bought me a, she bought me a, uh, 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 what's that shit called y'all? A fat, one with fat abernum on it and shit. That bitch was clean. I think it was fat form or something. And it had like fat abernum, his homies and shit on like on one side of the leg and shit. And like on the little chest part and his man for the 11 year old bro, I was clean, bro. For real. She bought me that shit. So, okay. Like I said, you know, Ralph, he was cool, bro. His wife was pretty. Her name was Tanya. Then they had a little daughter that. Uh, her name was, uh, I don't even remember her name, but I know we used to call her. She, he, they called her Nunu, so I don't remember her name, but I just remember little Nunu. So, um, she was about, when I first met her, she was like six months crawling around and shit, you know what I'm saying? Then, like the next time I seen the little baby, it was like a year later, and she was walking and shit. So, you know, I got used to them. He had, you, you know, Ralph was cool. He had a big ass house. You know, a big-ass house, you know, for a military man, you know, for, uh, as a kid, it was a big, nice house. If you can look up, if you can go in somebody's house and look up, and they ceiling fan is so tall that you probably gonna need a ladder to climb up that bitch and change a light bulb, that is a big-ass house. They had sliding back doors and shit. He had two cars. He had, like, an avalanche when them bitches first came. He had one of them, and he had a Mustang. I ain't gonna never forget that shit, because I thought that shit, I, I'm thinking these niggas is rich. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so that was, you know, that was him, you know, that her kid. Then she had this other son, was a younger brother, was the younger, he was the younger brother. His name was Kendrell. Cool-ass nigga, like a hood-ass nigga. I mean, cool-ass dude, bro. He had, like, he had, like, gold in his mouth. He was a barber. Everybody knew him in the hood because he played sports. He played, like, basketball and football and shit. So he was, like, a, a neighborhood hero, I guess you want to say. He was, he was cool, man. You know, he cut hair at the local barber shop, and he had a Mustang. You know, so we stayed in the country, so he had a Mustang, too. But he had a Mustang that, like, you could pick that bitch out in the crowd. It was like this trans... What's that word? This pearlescent orange. Orange and green and, like, purple. So, like, it was more orange, though. It was, like, pearlescent orange. But, like, if it hit, hit the sun at different angles and shit, it'll change colors. 
like the green or, or like a, a light blue, but it always had that orange accent in it, man. That sh- and he had that bitch on like 22s. Like, I'm talking about that's when, you know, big timers and all that shit was jumping. You know what I'm saying? So, this was like, you know, he had one of the hottest cars in the hood. You know, right now, it'll be like a throwback. You know what I'm saying? But he was cool, too. Okay, so, you know, I told y'all, you know, about Eddie Brown. You know, his day daddy and shit. You know, Action Jackson. You know, the well-known Lieutenant Eddie Brown, Officer Eddie Brown, whatever he was. He had rank. I remember seeing all them stars and shit on his police uh, shirt. So, one day, uh... I came home early by myself because, you know, they used to let me stay at home by myself because, you know, I was older. By the time I was like 12, I was in like, what, the sixth grade? Yeah. So one day, you know, I asked, you know, Drill used to let me go play his game and shit. He had a, a PlayStation, you know, when them bitches was clean. He had like one of the first PlayStation Slims, one of the PlayStation Slims. Excuse me, y'all, I'm tripping. The first PlayStation Slim that came out, like the PlayStation 2 Slim, like the real, the tiny one. So... He used to let me play his shit, and that's when he had, like, Fight Night Round 3 and shit, and, and Tekken 3, and, you know, when all, all the new hot games, he had all that shit. All the Air Maxes that you see that niggas like, this throwback, 95, 98s, all that. He had every color, every pair. He had all the suede suit, everything he had. Like, this nigga was head-to-toe matching with everything, and I always had jewelry on and shit. Like, you would, you would think he was a dope boy. I'm going to get to that later and let y'all know about that. So anyway, one day he let me play his game, and he uh, he had every pair of shoes like you could ever think of: Saucony, Reeboks, Nikes, Jordans, all that shit. Closet full of shit. So one day I went in his closet, and I got his game. It was like in a little Walmart bag: the wires, the PlayStation, the controllers, all that shit. The games was like on a little TV, on a TV stand, like you know one of them throwbacks. They look like a bookshelf, but you actually put DVDs and VCs. Yeah, one of them. So I went to going through the games and shit. Goddamn. So I got curious. I started looking at his shoes, and you know me being twelve, I only what I only what I was like a size eight, a size yeah. I think I was like a size eight, but he wore like a size ten, so I couldn't really wear his shoes. I think I was, well, I was like in a seven and a half or some shit, and he was like in a ten, eleven, and I couldn't wear none of his shoes. So I started going through his shoes, trying to see if he had like an old pair that he didn't wear anymore, and I could probably just you know because he was cool, so I wanted to be like him. Man, I went to looking under this dude bed. You know, which was the wrong thing to do for a 12-year-old going snooping around. Man, I looked on this man in bed. I seen this Nike box. You know, like you get the Nike box at the, at the store, the orange with the white check marks. Brand new looking box. So I pulled it out from under bed thinking, you know, he probably got some exclusive bitches in this motherfucker. Man, I pulled out the box, bruh. Now, me being a 12-year-old, I didn't know nothing about this shit at the time, but something told me it was wrong. I don't know why. I guess because, you know... The way that I, I grew up in, in, in the hood and all this shit around niggas smoking weed and all this shit. So when I pulled out the box, I opened up the box. This man had like two big dumbass freezer bags, Ziploc bags of weed. And you can smell the shit, but and you can't smell it until I opened it. So I opened the shit like I opened a box and as soon as I seen it, why did I know that that was bad? Why did I know I had to go tell his daddy there was a police officer that he had some shit under the bed? Like, I don't even, to this day, I still can't figure that shit out because I had never seen weed before. I had never seen weed before up until that time that I saw that shit under that man's bed. Okay, so okay, yeah, I was a little kid doing a little dumb shit. Okay, you can call me a hater, whatever the fuck you want. That's why it's called my life, your opinion. Who cares? I don't. Anyway, so I pulled the box out, opened the shit up. He had weed, like two, it had to be like two pounds in these big ass bags, like two pounds. So I put the shit back on the thing, and 
I went in my room and I went to playing my game. And sh- you know, no, I started back playing his game, playing boxing shit. Then I got bored, put that shit back up, put it back in the closet. Then I went in my room and started playing my PlayStation 1. You know, so yeah, I'm watching TV and shit. You know what I'm saying? And as soon as Eddie got home, I don't know what the fuck came over me, y'all. I don't know, but I went in there and I told him, I was like, man, he got something on his bed you might want to look at. And I don't know, as a 12-year-old, how did I know that that was bad? I still don't get it. If y'all can help me with that, help me with that. Have y'all ever experienced something when you was young and don't know why exactly why you did something or you don't know what was the cause of you to do it? So, because I'm still stuck on that shit. So, anyway, I went and told his daddy that he had some shit under the bed. And I guess he actually went back there and looked for the shit. And I guess when he found out it was weed, they got into an argument and everything. Because I'm in my room. I'm in my room. And then she, I guess he called Kendrell over. I guess he called Drell to the house because, shit, he showed up. So, I'm in my room. My room is literally like I could take three steps across the hallway and be in, you know, my mom, my foster mom and dad room. Eddie Brown room. So, the whole time, I'm lit, just sitting in my room in my lazy boy chair. Listening to him fuss at his son, you don't supposed to bring that shit in my house and, and blah 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 blah. And I raised you better than that. I can't believe you. You know, I got all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, in my head, I'm like, what have I done? He ain't gonna never trust me again. He ain't gonna never be cool with me again. You know what I'm saying? So think about how I'm feeling. So I'm thinking, you know, all this drama and shit I've been through in my life, I just thought, you know, all the bad shit that always happened to me, I just figured something bad was gonna happen. So I'm sitting there listening. And I got afraid because I'm thinking he finna come, his son finna come to the room and beat me up or something. I didn't know at the moment that grown folks can't beat up. Ch- I mean, grown folks can do whatever they want and go to jail or die or whatever. They just gonna do what they want because they grown. But me being 12, I thought he was gonna come beat me up or some shit because I just told him. I mean, niggas know, I mean, humans know what happens when you snitch or when you tell on somebody. You know you done did something wrong, so it's gonna be something coming behind most of the time. So I thought he was gonna come beat me up or some shit. So what I did, I walked across the room and... Like, to get to my closet, I had to walk across the door. So, when I walked across the door to him, it looked like I was eavesdropping. I mean, I can understand how that shit look. You already mad. I done told on you and shit and then blah, 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 blah. So, I went and got in the closet and it was like a two-door closet. So, he seen me go in that bitch and close the door. And I actually saw him walk out the room and look in my room like, nigga, I saw you type shit. So, I just really wanted him to leave so you can get this shit over with. So, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the funny thing was, he was my barber. His mama took me to his shop every damn day, every Sunday to get my hair cut. So I knew, you know, it was going to be weird for me to sit in that man's chair and him cut my hair knowing I'm the one that got him kicked out. I'm the one that got him kicked out the house. You know what I'm saying? So how am I supposed to feel about that? Okay. So come this Sunday, this had, this had to be like, matter of fact, this happened on like a Friday because it was like my last day of school because, you know, the weekend was coming up. So, this man came, uh, you know, Sunday came, and she took me to the shop to get my hair cut and shit. Man, I'm feeling weird as fuck. Cause like, man, I just told on you, and you got to cut my hair. You know what I'm saying? At a barbershop, all black men know that and when you go in a barbershop, bro, they talk about all they shit, all they problems, everything that's going on. Like how the women do when they go to the next one, they talk about their man, talk about their job, talk about their house and their kids and shit. Niggas do the same shit at the barbershop. So I'm just knowing this nigga done went in like, man, I got this little weak-ass foster brother. He done went in there and told everything. He's a little punk-ass. I can't stand that little nigga, all this shit, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that's what had happened. So as soon as I walked in, I'm talking about like, it was like eight chairs, eight barbers in that bitch. As soon as I walked in the door, 
he looked at me. Drell looked at me. And like four other niggas turned their head and looked at me. He just started laughing. Like he was like, there he go, y'all. There, there, there he go. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh shit. I'm 12, man. I'm 12. And it's a it's a, a barbershop full of grown niggas. Man, goddamn, I'm guessing. You know, his mama knew, you know, Miss Brown knew he was gonna talk about the shit or something. So she left and it was the first time she ever did this shit. Usually she sit in that bitch. Actually, I'm lying. She usually do leave and go somewhere and then come back. So she left. <laughs> she left. And goddamn, soon as she walked out the door, you know what I'm saying? I was quiet for like the whole first 30 minutes waiting on my chance to get in the chair or whatever. So my turn come up, goddamn, I get in the chair. This man didn't say shit to me. You know what I'm saying? He laughed and snickled a little bit, but not like no, yeah, fuck that little nigga type shit. It was like, <laughs> this little man snitched on me, man. I can't believe this. I thought we was cool. So, you know what I'm saying? Basically, you know, he started cutting my hair or whatever, and, and, and then it came out. He was like, man, why? Why you do it, bro? And you know what I'm saying? Me being 12, I just told you. I didn't know nothing about no weed until I seen it. I just knew it was bad. How did I know that? I don't know. So, Dre was like, man, damn, why you do it? You know what I'm saying? You know, man, my daddy got into it and shit. I seen you eavesdropping and shit when you walked down to the thing. You know what I'm saying? And right when I was finna tell him, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't eavesdropping. I was trying to hide from you so you wouldn't beat me up. He didn't even let me finish talking, I guess, because he was mad. You know, he didn't want his niggas to feel like, I guess, I let a 12-year-old get the flow over me or whatever, so... He in the midst of me finna say, I wasn't eavesdropping. Yes, you was. Yes, you was. I saw you when you. So when he did all that shit, I just cut throat. You know what I'm saying? I let him talk. And, you know, he was cutting my hand shit. You could tell he was kind of angry because, like, how he grabbed. You know how the barber grab your head? They turn your head trying to turn the shit so they can line you up. This nigga had a little grip. You know what I'm saying? You know? So I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? And all that shit just started adding up. Then I started thinking about what I did and started feeling bad. I started crying and shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Not like, <gasps> none of that bitch shit. So don't try to play me, niggas. None of y'all. <laughs> so, um, I started, you know, sniffling and shit. You know, tears start falling out of my eye, bro. He stopped. He was like, man, what you crying for? You know what I'm saying? He was like, and then I guess he started realizing, goddamn, what he was doing was adding up to, you know what I'm saying, he was like, he's like, man, stop that, man, we don't cry, we don't do that, we men, you know what I'm saying, this was the first time, like, as far as, like, some manly figure shit was really telling me, you know, this is what the world is about, so, we don't do that, man, we don't cry, because when you cry, people think you weak, and they gonna always think you weak, and they gonna remember the time that you cried, so he was like, man, I'm not mad at you, I'm just really... I'm disappointed. I didn't think you would did nothing like that. Or oh, better yet, go in my room snooping around for shit. Like, I, how did you find my shit? You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know me. I, I told him. He was under the bed. What you doing under my bed, bro? Because like, you got all them shoes, and I thought there was some new shoes. And that shit made him laugh. You know what I'm saying? I guess he thought I was in there trying to get him in trouble or, you know, just getting into shit. But really, I was just looking for some more shoes. And I guess once he found that shit out that I was just looking for some shoes... I, it's like I can look at him and tell it was a relief that like oh so he wasn't really in there snooping through shit he was just looking through my shoes and thought he was gonna find out you know so once he said you know what I'm saying I, you know I'm not mad at you I'm just you know it disappointed me and you know it, it hurt me a little bit cause I thought you was my little brother he was like I never had a little brother so you was gonna be my cooler brother he said this shit in front of everybody all these niggas in the barbershop you know what I'm saying so if you mad enough to lower yourself down to a 12 year old and tell him you know what I'm saying you hurt you hurt me a little bit, or I'm disappointed and all that shit. You know, as a little brother type shit, you like, damn, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, I ain't gonna never do that shit again. I ain't gonna. So, 
a long story short, after that shit happened, he stopped coming around a lot more. Like, usually he used to come by the house all the time and, you know, beat a nigga head in on that motherfucking fight night round three. Or they're taking or he'll come in there and, you know, change his clothes and spend a, he, he used to spend a night maybe. I mean, because he had a room in there. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, he started coming around and shit and, you know, uh, he started getting into trouble and shit. So, after that shit started happening, I think, I always thought it was me that, that, that made all that bad shit start happening. You know, that's what you do when you're young when you can't find an answer to the shit. So, um... Right after that incident happened, well, you know, he stopped coming by the house and shit, and, you know, he started lessening up his visits. That's when the shit got bad. Like, like, Eddie goddamn started taking with me him, taking him with me when he go do his little dirty work. Not like all the time, but like, I remember three Pacific times he took me, um, he took me, we went to the park or something, and he met with this woman. And goddamn, he basically just told me to chill in the car. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, he left the car running, you know, chill in the car for a minute, blah, blah, blah. I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? He bought me snacks and shit. So I was good. So like, he set the shit up like he had done this shit before. So, you know, he came back and he never said, you know what I'm saying? Don't say nothing or don't tell your mama or none of this shit. It's like he knew that I wasn't going to say nothing. Or, I don't know. I don't know how he knew this. I guess he knew I, he intimidated me. But either way, he played that shit well because... Nigga went, went, excuse me, y'all, uh, I had to clip my nose, so it's like when, when she came to me, when Velma came, her, his wife came to me and asked me questions, she said, have you seen other women in, you in hell no, nah, I don't know nothing, you know what I'm saying, I'm 12, I mean, I know everything, but I ain't finna tell you shit, like, that's not what I said, I, I mean, I thought it, I thought it, but in my head, I said that, but when she asked me, I'd be like, nope. Uh, ain't no other women been over here. Ain't no other woman been in your bed. I don't know what you talk about. You know what I'm saying? It just be me and him. So the last thing I remember is like he went on like a date out of town because he took me with him. This was the first time I ever been to Biloxi. This was before Katrina hit. Cause when I when we came down here, I thought we was in Las Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Cause it took a little minute. You know what I'm saying? Cause we stayed in Canton, Mississippi. That's like the country. That's like Yazoo City. Look up Yazoo City. I'm telling you, that's like the country, 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 country. And we was in Canton, like extra country. So, okay. He took me to Biloxi, and it was the first time I went on this Dolphin Island thing excursion where you get on this little ship, this little mini ship thing, and they got snacks and food on it. Other people sitting on there, and they take you out in the water, and you see dolphins and shit swimming and shit, and then you get off and walk to the little thing and buy shit. It's like a, a excursion or some shit. Dolphin Island. I, th- I remember the shit because it was the first time I seen dolphins. The first time I ever been in the water, well, in the ocean. The first time I ever seen casinos and shit. So it was a beautiful experience for me not knowing that this man was cheating on his wife the whole time. So, okay. So after that happened, he brought me back and shit. You know what I'm saying? Now, he did tell me don't speak on this shit. Don't say nothing about goddamn where we went. You know what I'm saying? He did tell me that shit. But he never said, don't say you saw me with another woman. Or you. he never said. He just like, don't say we went to Biloxi. Don't tell her we went to. Just tell her we went up the road. And, you know, just it's a little simple shit for me not to get confused. And fuck, like, he knew what he was doing. The man was smooth as shit. So, okay, after that shit happened and shit, they started getting the bad arguments and shit. And. And goddamn, uh, then one of the dogs that they had for a long time had died. And then they got uh, another dog, a rock roller, that grew 
exponentially in like six months, man. It was crazy. Like that dog got so goddamn big in like six months. That shit was goddamn ridiculous. Um, he was cool. Then he started getting vicious after a while. So I started, I started fucking with him, even though I had knew him since he was a puppet. But when that nigga got big, like a hundred and some pounds, I stopped fucking with that nigga. He had like, he ain't know me no more. Okay. Okay. So long story short. So I told you the woman used to beat the shit out of me. So eventually it started getting so bad to the point she used to leave whips and shit on me. But after I go to sleep and wake up in the morning, them whelps will be gone. Because I used to say, I'm going to use this for, I'm going to use this for um, evidence that she beat me. So when my social worker comes see me, I can be like, look, she is beat me. Look at this shit. So one day I got smart. I got real smart. I said, uh, I got, because I got tired of the shit, man. I got tired of feeling like I that she could just beat me whenever she get mad. So one day I went to school and I went to just sucking on my arm, like literally putting hickeys all over my arms and shit that look like bruises, like she been beating me so I could get the fuck up out of her. And man, that shit worked. So when my social worker came to the house, like that last time, it's like she couldn't tell her nothing. Like, where you get these whips and shit from? Where you get the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy, bro. Like, it worked geniusly. She couldn't even explain herself. Like she didn't even know if she did it, but I had did the shit. Okay, so by this time, I was like 12. 12. Yeah. Okay. Tune in to the next episode. I don't want to leave y'all hanging. Thanks for checking in at the My Life Your Opinion show. This your boy Mun. Uh that boy 40, whatever you want to call me. And I said 40, like a gun, not farted like gas, so fuck you, um, anyway, hit me up for the next episode, I'm gonna tune y'all in on what happened after I left this last foster home, appreciate y'all. Hello world, it's me again, it's your boy Melanie I'm back. I'm going to have to switch up the intro. Y'all going to have to help me with that. But I think I like that. No, I think I'm going to have to switch it up. I'm going to have to be like. Back again. It's your boy, Melanin. Oh, oh, shit. I like that. That's, that's dope. I think I'm going to run with that one. Oh, but yeah. um, I'm back today finally, y'all. My bad. It's been a long couple of weeks. Shit, I supposed to have been made another episode. and But you know, everybody had a life. And I had been having a lot going on lately. Haven't really had a lot of time to myself. So, now that I got the opportunity, I told myself I was going to make another episode. You know, because I've seen, um, I've been kind of trying to get myself out there and spread myself out so people can really hear about my story. But, um, yeah, this is the ex-foster kid part three, former foster kid, whatever, however you want to call it or whatever. Just me sharing my experience and being um, in foster care or yeah the foster system however you want to call it but, uh, yeah um, anyway uh, that was my bluetooth speaker I was hooking up to record this cause it's I guess I feel like I get better audio that way but anyway the last part I left off of um was when I was leaving Velma Brown and Ada Brown household after, you know, I finally told my social worker she was beating on me and didn't have no proof and I had to make my own proof. 
Okay, so after that happened, I ended up going to uh, a group home for about six months. It was Mill Creek, and it was in um, Macomb or Meridian. One of them, it was something with an M. I know that shit, but I think it was Meridian because that shit sounded more familiar. It could have been Macomb. I don't know, but um, I went to Mill Creek or whatever. You know, shit was weird for me because they had the shit like... Like, it was crazy people in that bitch. Like, people is crazy from being separated from their family, which is really stupid to me. Like, looking back on that shit now, seeing them people, seeing them young boys and shit. Because, you know, at, at the Mill Creek, they had the boys on one side of the building and the girls on the other side. So, I was on the boys' side, of course, because I'm a, I'm a man, goddammit. So, we, uh, so, you know, I had to roommate with somebody else and you know he ended up being a cool dude he, actually it was a fat white dude that was smaller than me and uh, when I go new places you know when I was going new places in that foster care system shit I never was at heart I never really was the rider type to just you know oh, what's up what the yeah, yeah what you want that type of shit as far as like all the time but like if you keep on fucking with me Eventually, I'm a fucking flip mode your motherfucking ass. So, my first couple of days in there was like, it was cool. Everything was straight. I got to know everybody. Got to know the, the whatever they call the people that watch the, 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 the group home kids or whatever. Um, It was real neat. But, you know, you could tell it was on some, to me, on some crazy house shit. Because they had these, they had the dudes in there. That are coming in like if one to do if one the uh patients I'm gonna call them patients if one the patients would act out or, or go in a rage or get mad about something or you know some just ticked them off they had these dudes come in with these scrubs on and gloves and shit and they inject you with this needle in your ass like this shit was real like they inject you with a needle in your ass and put you in the isolation room and the isolation room is this big ass four wall room. And ain't nothing in that bitch. Ain't nothing in that bitch. And they got it look like, and the door is like a like a look like a prison cell door, but like it's 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 heavy steel, and it got this tiny rectangular slim window, just enough for you to just you can see out of. And other than that, it in the room ain't nothing, ain't no hard flow. It's it's everything is it's padded. It was padded. It wasn't padded like. Like what you think you see in the crazy house, but it they it's like that's what they was trying to make. Cause I got put in there one time and that was some bullshit. And that was the worst experience I ever had. And the, like I said, the fat dude that I was rooming with, whatever, he was I don't I don't remember his story because I was young. Know, I was twelve, so I don't really remember what happened. But I know I remember when they put him in the isolation room, the events that led up to that shit. So it was this white dude that I roommated with, and he was probably about the same age I was, um, 11, 12. And I remember, um, we was watching TV, goddamn, and that was when Toonami and shit was jumping, you know what I'm saying, Gundam, Dragon Ball Z, Zoids, you know, shit like that. So, we went to changing the channel and shit, you know what I'm saying, because everybody get their turn, you get to watch your show, then you flip it back and watch their show, then, you know, so his show had went off, but this man was mad just because he had to change the channel, and he just went, it's like... I don't know, it was like he was looking for something exciting to happen. I had been there about two, three weeks, so I had pretty much got used to seeing how people act. This day, this nigga was just acting weird. So when we went to turn the channel shit, he flipped out, flipping over desks and shit, swinging on everybody's shit, like, what the fuck? 
So they came in that bitch, two swole ass nigga with scrubs on, rushed in that motherfucker. They, cause they set off the little, the little buzzer thing. Eh, eh. We get, we have somebody down that need to be detained. So next thing you know, they come running down the hallway with they scrubs and shit on. They arrested the man to the ground, shot the leader in his ass. And you know, about five minutes later, he get to talking all loopy and shit. Like you can't understand what the fuck he's saying, cause I'm guessing that shit was like a, a sleep antidote or something. So they put him in a little isolation room or whatever. He was quiet. It was about two hours. Then he finally got up. And this man shitted in his hand and rubbed that shit all over the little window that you look out of while you in the isolation room. And was laughing while he was doing it. That's when I got a glimpse of people's mental instability when you remove from your parents or your original household. Cause that boy was too big for that shit, man. Come on, imagine a big ass twelve year old shitting in their hand and throwing that shit up. You, man, you'll be especially if you related to them or if that's your sibling, you'll be done whoop they goddamn ass. Cause you know that's uncivilized, ape like, monkey like ass shit they doing, and we in the whole building. You know what I'm saying? We in public. But anyway, they did that shit, and then um the the dude that watches like the instructor, whatever you call it, was watching us. That watched the whole group, the group of boys in that section. He called down, he called down to the people again that got the needle, and they came and drugged that nigga out that bitch. And they had on like, I ain't gonna say hazmat suits, but they had on like wet suits, like not like the kind that you go surfing with, but like they look like hazmat suits, but it's like they made the shit just for that hospital. Cause he had shit everywhere and all. He had wiped the shit all over the walls and shit, and they had to go in there and clean that shit up. So I'm, I'm guessing they thinking they didn't want to get infected if he was sick with something or some shit. So they was suited and booted. So they came, they be cleaned that shit up, and goddamn, they took it, you know, made him take his shirt off, he was, basically, they made him strip down to his drawers, and then they put this little white jacket thing on him, scrapped him up, put him in his little wheelchair thing, put a little spit thing on his mouth so he can't spit at people. They drugged that man out that bitch, and I never seen that man again, I was living there, I stayed in that group home for like six months, like half of a year or so, and I ended up pretty much getting close to everybody that was in that bitch, especially uh, two of the instructors. Uh, it was an older guy that was just nice all day, every day. And he only flipped the switch when you thought you was going to flip the switch just because he was old. And he'll get your ass together. And he always brought, like, because he worked the night shift, he always brought, like, food from home and shit. And he'll share with us. And then one day this man brought, man, I ain't going to never forget this shit because I can still taste that shit to, the, to this day. One day this man brought home, brought to the job some homemade cheesy bacon pepperoni breadsticks that his wife had man he said his wife made this shit these bitches was so good bro and i only had two of them but this just the taste i'm better than pizza hood better than Domino's, all that shit yeah i said it come get me so you know the whole time I, and matter of fact he had gave me that shit right before i was finna get ready to leave i remember that shit and you know he was just a cool person to talk to you know nice Fatherly figure type dude, and you know, he wore glasses, older cat, kind of brown skin with a little gray afro. He was cool, man, cool. Shirt tucked in type of guy, you know, Timberland boot wearing that, not Timberland boot, like hiking boots and, and jeans and a tucked in plaid shirt type shit wearing, dude. Just imagine that shit. Okay. And then the other dude I got cool with, it's like he was, you could tell like he got all the holes. I mean, excuse my French, excuse me, ladies. I'm not disrespecting you. I'm not disrespecting my mom, my woman, and anybody else women-wise I'm related to. That's just the terminology that I know. 
as far as how he act, you know what I'm saying, because how he talking shit and how he look, you know, just imagine, okay, I'm gonna say, just imagine a light-skinned dude about the, about the color of Shamar Moore, or if you know who the hell I'm talking about, uh, uh, Boris Kojo, you know, them red light-skinned niggas, okay, so, a little lighter than Chris Brown, he was kind of like LMA color, like light-skinned, like red, like, like, I'm gonna get around to this part, too. He was about 6'3", swole ass motherfucker. Like, you can tell he worked he work out all his life. And he had, like, this Jerry Curl ass hat. But not, like, don't get to thinking, soul glow. No, not no soul glow. No. It was, like, that coat that... I can't even really think about nobody that had that hairstyle. But it was fly, though. I, what I think it was, just by looking at him, I think it was his nor- it was his natural curly hair. He just put like some gel in or something to enhance the shit because it didn't look like no motherfucker. Like he had put spray some shit in and heated up, curled it up. No, it looked like it was his hair, but he just put some gel or some kind of all the grease in it to insinuate the curls. And they were shiny and shit all the time. And he was cool, man. Every I guess he was I guess people respected him because of his side. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, because nobody never really tried that man. And the people that did. He made sure everybody knew that he wanted to be fucked with. So, he was cool, bro. And, you know, if anything ever went bad as far as, like, like if we if we confuse on some work or something or some class work or some shit or we don't know what to do about a certain problem that's going on, he'll pull us to the side individually and talk to us straight up, man to man, one-on-one, until the problem is solved. Like, he actually gave a damn, not just there to collect a check. So, yes, it was easy for me to get close to a person like that. I like to get close to genuine people, and sometimes, I don't even think it's me, I think it's just my spirit itself, because I'm a Scorpio, so it's easy for me to get close to people, once I get hurt, man, that's it, and if I get hurt by you, and we done had a relationship in some type of way, that don't mean like goddamn going together, that mean like family, friendship, whatever you want to call it, and if you hurt me some bad, and I still take you back, I'm, it's not going to be the same, it's going to be like a little leash, like I'm going to only give you so much of my personality, because... You know, you don't deserve it. Okay, moving on. Okay, so this dude came. This, I can't remember his name. I think it was Terrence. Terrence. It was, his name was Terrence. Big light-skinned dude named Terrence. And um, he came He came to the job one day, and this man's skin was peeling like somebody put this nigga in the oven for about five minutes on broiler mode and just took him out. And you could tell he was embarrassed about that shit. It was all on his nose, like a lifeguard. It was on his face. It was on his arms and shit. And you know us, we boys, and we young, so we're going to ask questions like, damn, what happened? What happened to you, man? What's going on? Man, he was like, he was with one of his little lady friends, and they was on the beach, and goddamn, he thought he had some tanning lotion, but it was regular lotion. So he said the whole time they was out there chilling on the beach, and she was getting her tan, he was burning the fuck up and really didn't know it until it was too late. So... Yeah, that's the. I think that's the first time I ever seen uh, sunburn. Yeah, that was the first time I ever seen sunburn in person. And the same dude that got sunburn, he showed us how to make homemade ice cream. He helped us put together like a five thousand piece puzzle. He used to bring us like food from this place called no. He used to, no, that was another spot. He used to take us on and then on Thursdays. On Thursdays, you get, like, allowance and shit. Like, I think you get, like, $20 or something. It was, like, every Thursday, every Thursday, 
Or every second Thursday, you get to go get ice cream from Dairy Queen or whatever. And if you got money, they'll take you like to the store and get shit that you want and shit. It was pretty cool. He made he just like he was another dad for all of us because he really did his job. And I congratulate that man. If I would have met him to this day, I'd be like, I'll never forget you because you was a great person to have there. And they hired you because they knew you was gonna do your job. Cause he was great. He was a great person. Okay, then the six months came to an end, like I told you, the old man that I got cool with or whatever gave me the cheesy bread and shit. The, actually, it was the night before I was going to leave because I stayed up all night. And he sat in the hallway talking to me and shit because I wasn't going to sleep and everybody else was up. You know what I'm saying? And he shared with me some of his food <laughs> because I was still up and I was supposed to be asleep. And then, um... One other thing I remember, too, when you there, they assign you temporary social workers, and they have to take care of you the whole time. Like, if you need drawers, socks, shit like that, all you have to do is tell them, and they'll get it. So, one day, it wasn't even, it wasn't, it was me and a few other people that had that treatment. Because I realized that shit, it's like people started acting funny towards me, because I had a social worker coming there visiting me and bringing me shit and stuff. So, one day, uh, you know, I told you the white dude that had shit on himself and shit got he he was gone. So I was roommate with another dude. This man was black and tall and skinny and shit and you know kind of quiet and goofy. So he told me one day he was like, "Man, um, you should ask her for a Game Boy Advance. You know what I'm saying? If that's your social worker, social worker and you said she can get you anything you want, shit, she should be able to get you that, man." And I'm just like, you know what? You right. I should ask her, man. That same day my social worker came, bro. <laughs> Crazy. I was like, she was like, what you need? I, was, I know I was like, I'm out of boxers. I don't have no socks. I'm out of deodorant. And you know all that shit. She was like, is there anything else that you need? Or anything else that you want? And I just bust out. She was like, uh, can I have a Game Boy Advance? She was like, um, I don't know. I have to check with them and see. But uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'll see what I can do. Bro, I'm going to say, because that morning she had came by, we had talked about all that shit. I'm going to say later on that day, like around lunchtime, we had went to lunch. I came back from the cafeteria. Now, I went in my room, and on my bed, I had a brand new game. That's when them bitches was jumping, so don't be laughing in this shit like y'all don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, especially for my gamers out there. What's up? What's happening? Game on, game up. So, I walk in the room, and it's a brand new Game Boy Advance purple see-through. I love that shit. Purple see-through. And I had Hot Wheels. I remember that game because I played the fuck out of that shit. I had Hot Wheels. And I remember I had... She had bought me Kim Possible. I don't know why she had bought me that shit. She bought me Hot Wheels, Kim Possible. And I played the fuck out of that Kim Possible too. That shit was dope. Fuck y'all. So, <laughs> um, and then some some spade poker game, casino game. I ain't really, really play that shit because it was confusing for me. I'm on, I was only 12. Okay, so, then after that shit happened, people, after I got the Game Boy and shit, like, you know, people gonna want to play it. I'm the only nigga in that bitch with a Game Boy. So, me everybody that I was cool with, they always wanted to play the shit. You know, man, it was mine. I mean, I was cool with you seeing it for a few hours, but eventually it's like, man, give me my shit. So, I started getting into it, people, even people that I was calling my friends just because I ain't want to let them play my shit. Oh, you think you special because your social worker bought you this and all this shit. Motherfuckers started turning on nigga like we was in prison, nigga, like, for real, like. So then, uh, um, my social worker and no, the people in up in the in the facility end up confiscating it, and they was like, you know, it's causing too many problems because you got one, and everybody else don't, and so they end up taking it, 
And they was like, we'll give it to you when you get ready to leave. So I get ready to leave. Remember I told y'all, you know, because it was my couple days. You know, I had a couple days, so I left. And, you know, this was before I was going to get released. So, I, I, they been had my shit. So, we leaving. And right when we pulling out the parking lot, it hit me right then. I was like, we got to go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, well, we had left the parking lot and was going down the road. So, I told my social, I was like, we got to go back. I left my game boy. I left my game boy. She was like, what you talking about? She was like, they they took it from me and they told me they'll give it back when I, when I leave. And you know what that lady said? And this wasn't even the same social worker that bought the shit. This is one of them. This is my, this is my, my personal social worker. This lady gonna tell me, oh, we'll get you another one. And they never got me another one. That bullshit. Okay. So I ended up leaving the group home or whatever. And that was in like, I want to say 2005. Yeah. No, that was 2004, because I ended up leaving that group home, and I ended up moving in, I ended up, ended up going up north, like, damn, I ended up going, no, I was already up north, okay, yeah, so I went up there, and then, uh, what, what happened after that, oh, yeah, I ended up going to, was it, what, wasn't it, ain't that where I came from, yeah, yeah, so I ended up going to Choctaw, Choctaw, was it Choctaw, is it Choctaw, okay, I'm just gonna say, Choctaw. I ended up going to Choctaw, Mississippi, if y'all don't know what they say, I think that's above Jackson, yeah, it's up there, like up there, North Mississippi, so I ended up going up there with these two people, and they had a son. It was weird. Let me explain y'all this shit. So I ended up going up north to Choctaw, Mississippi. It was pretty neat though. Not the not the people I was staying with, but the area. It was country like country, but it wasn't as country as McLean. And it was cool because it's like everywhere I went, I seen Native Americans. Like it was like it was awesome. Like I go in the gas station, it's two of them working in there. Then I come out the gas station. Is one goddamn coming into the gates, and they all got the long hair, or they got the haircuts, but you could just see their facial structure that they was Native Americans. Maybe not been the Aboriginal dark skin, but they was, you know, it looked like they went that damn far down the line because they wasn't as white as the white ones that we see on TV. Okay, so I ended up going to, um, and that was when I was going to the sixth grade. So I ended up staying with these two people named Marie and Marcus Williams. The lady was pretty. She was pretty, but she had like a, a chipped tooth. And she was very loud and outspoken. She kind of reminded me of the, the woman that I stayed with not too long ago for about eight years, LaShonda. But she was more, I'm going to say like, LaShonda, she knew all this and loud and outspoken. Yeah, baby, yeah, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, what you, what the yeah, what the yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Marie was like the Mississippi version of that. Yeah, what you, what? What? No, girl, you're crazy. <laughs> Woo! You know what I'm saying? And then her husband, Marcus, was like this six-foot pot belly, swole-up, top-ass nigga. Like, he played football for goddamn until he got out of college and shit. But the only thing he looked like, the only thing he used to do was just lift weights, and he never did a sit-up in his life because, nigga, that was the first person I ever met that had a swole chest, swole arms, and a pot belly. That was the weirdest shit to me. You know what I'm saying? 
And in the beginning, my first couple of weeks there, it was cool, you know, because the man had horses and he had land in the back of his house and they had like eight pit bulls tied up in the back in the woods like they had their own little kennels and shit. Okay, so, um, you know, I get to know everybody and shit and they son, I come to find out, was not her son, it was his son. And I think his name was MJ, Mark, was it Marcus Jr.? And Andrea, some shit, some cool dude. Anyway, he was popular at the at the local high school. And everybody knew this man because he supposed to be getting all the hoes and shit. I mean, you no know, homo, he was a nice looking dude. You know, tall, dark skin, nice teeth, haircut, you know, nice looking gay. I mean, I'm not gay. I got a son. I got an old lady. I ain't, I ain't fucking no niggas. I'm just compliments where they be put it. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. So... I started calling myself his little brother, you feel me? Because I'm like, okay, this might help my papa. That's what it was. His name was John John. So, we, uh, so he went to the high school and I went to the middle school that was like literally right down the street from each other. So, people really kind of knew everybody. So, like, when they seen me get off the bus or whatever, because, you know, in, in Choctaw, whatever, the, if you miss your middle school bus, no, you arrive with the high school kids and the middle school kids on one bus. And that was pretty cool and weird at the same time. So, like, my first couple of days and shit on the bus, I wasn't really talking about that shit. But, like, as soon as a couple of months went by, oh, I went telling everybody, John John, my brother, blah, 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 my stepbrother, I just moved down here. Because, you know, that that kind of information is sensitive to young-ass ears. So, you know, just them, just me telling them that John John was my big brother kind of helped a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But you know how ignorant motherfucker. You don't look like him. You, you fat and he's skinny. Just look dumb shit. Okay, so long story short, you know, me and him never had no problem. He was cool or whatever. Never really fucked with me, never teased me about nothing. You know what I'm saying? If anything, he wanted me to do better or whatever. So they put me in football. Now, mind you, this is my first time ever playing football. Never really thought about playing the shit, but that just goes to show you how people want to get something out of you if they don't. Because, you know, we built like football players. I was short and stocky, so it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to put you in football. Okay, so. Went to middle school, joined the football team. Um, um, crazy part is I don't even remember the mascot we had. I just know our colors was black and white. I do remember that we had we was like Booby Miles team, but in in up in Mississippi, like the Paramount Panthers. But we was the Choctaw something, whatever, whatever. Okay, so I joined the football team. And, you know, I didn't do so well because it was my first time playing. And so I was confused about everything. All the fussing and yelling and shit. Long story short, I ended up quitting the football team after a while. So then, um, I'm guessing Marcus and Marie got comfortable with me being, you know, there in the house and shit. And Katrina hit. Katrina came. This was, I was, that's why I was there when Katrina hit. So Katrina hit or whatever. And, you know, we had that canceled school and shit. And, man, it was bad, bro. But the most thing I rem- the most things I remember was when um, when I was riding down my friend's house on my bike, goddamn. And all of a sudden, the wind started blowing hard as a motherfucker. Like, hard as shit. We literally seeing trees leaning and shit. But it wasn't no tornado in sight. Then all of a sudden, I'm talking to my friend. I turn and look. We both looked at the same time. And we seen this tree basically uproot itself out the ground. Like, it was weird. It's like some magic spell. The shit was crazy. 
that's just how bad the, the, the fucking the wind was blowing. So did we saw this? Okay, I'm, if I had to say, I would say the tree was about the size. It wasn't like okay, don't over exaggerate. Say it wasn't no big dumbass oak tree. Okay, so it was it was kind of like um, what's let me see how can I? It was about the size of a light pole, a skinny light pole, not like the not like the skinny metal one, but like the 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 wood ones that you see. It was about that size. Okay, so that bit came out the ground and went up in the edge. I'm talking about. Like somebody literally stood there and yanked that bitch up and threw that bitch. When I seen that shit, I took off and then like the sky started turning like dark, real dark. And I took off, headed home. And then it started raining while I was on my bike and shit raining real hard. So as soon as I made it in the house or whatever, Marcus was like, man, um, you know, cause I had started getting used to being there, you know, cause it had been a couple of months. I, I think I moved in in the middle of the summer. And I ain't, I ain't move out until like December before Christmas. Okay, so he was like, you know, cause I used to help him around the the house and shit with the horses and the hay bales and shit. And he was like, okay, man, you want to be a hero? You want to, you know, you want to earn your man badge? I want you to go rescue all them dogs out there. And I thought he was just playing, you know, cause this is a grown ass man. And I was like, what you mean, rescue? He was like, I want you to bring all of them and put all of them on the porch. And it's raining, bro. Like pouring, like, but in it harder than I ever saw before. Like the visual, what they call it? It was raining so bad. The visual was horrible. Like visibility was, oh man, horrible. But like every so often, the lighten up and the wind will be blowing, so you can see just a little bit. So he ended up giving me like one of his cowboy hats, and I put on some of his cowboy boots, and you know, yeah, because he was in that rodeo, black rodeo shit. So I ended up going out there. Running to the back in the back of the woods in the, behind our house, and he had like this little cul de sac for the dogs. It was like every dog had their own tree and they own the house. And man, them dogs was out there barking and howling, they ass out, they were scared. And I remember I had got down, it was seven of them, it was seven pits he had, all different colors. And I remember I had got four of them. I had got four of them at the time. And, you know, it had got so bad to the point to where it was flooding in the yard. So I was running back and forth, bringing them and putting them on the porch and shit. Okay, so I remember I had got to four of them. I had got four of them. Then I went back to get the fifth. And, uh, like, just like the tree that came up out the ground, a light pole-sized tree fell on one of the dogs. I actually saw this dog get crushed. Like, it fucked me up, but it was, like, it happened so fast. It was, like... I know I can't just go waste my time trying to get him from under the tree, and I know he gone, you feel me? So I went and got the other two, the six and the seven, and I brought them up in the front or whatever, and then so I came inside, and I closed the door or whatever, you know, and it's raining, thunder, thunder and shit, because how they had their porch set up, you could, you could come up, and like you could put them, tie them up to the little things on side the house, like the little porch poles and shit, so they were safe, you know, they, wasn't, they was out of harm's way. So when I came in and closed the door, he was like, you got all of them for real? You know, I had on my little cowboy head dripping. I'm dripping like I just jumped in the pool and got out. And, you know, they looking. He was like, you know, they you got all the dogs that fast? I said, um, one of them didn't get saved. It was a, it was a reddish brown looking one. And apparently that was like one of his best friends. And goddamn, he went out there to look for that motherfucker and came back. He had moved the tree off of the shit, and yeah, it was dead. Like, he had got crushed. And I'm guessing in the process with all that rain, it drowned too, so 
because I remember he came around within his arms and it was just limp and then I remember he ended up putting it in the trash bag and putting it in the trash can and leaving it out you know what I'm saying so after I rescued all the dogs or whatever and we got them all on the porch and we stayed in the house turned off all the lights and shit you know for the storm to be over with the next day the next day was like oh my god like all the electricity was out we didn't have no running water our yard was flooded it was like, man, it was horrible. It was like apocalyptic shit. It was trees on the ground everywhere. You could see, like, the roof from other people's houses and shit all in it. Like, man, crazy shit. So, um, I mean, we was driving around, and the city was dead, bro. Like, gas stations had RVs parked in them bitches, and people sleeping in their cars. The the car lots, the, the lots that you used to see full every day was empty as fuck. Like, oh, my God, like. You look like business had businesses had got ransacked and shit, so it was crazy. Like I mean, we had to go pull up to the Salvation Army, eighteen wheeler, and get water and MREs. Was it MREs? Military ready to eat? I get. I don't know. Anyway, the little meals that come in the pouches that you gotta run, you gotta fill them up with water and shake them, and they start heating up and shit, and then you eat it. Okay, so after that shit happened or whatever, because you know that happened in August. Then September, October, November, December. Then my birthday passed and shit. And then all that shit. Then come December, I want to say like a week before Christmas, Marcus and Marie brought me in the room and they sat me down. They was like, uh, you know, the reason we've been being so hard on you and shit. Oh, matter of fact, let me tell y'all this part before I forget. I remember one day, um, I came home from school. This was before, this was like a month before I, I, I left home. I came home from school and um, off the bus. And Marcus was mad. He was just arguing and fussing and shit. And he came outside or whatever. And he was just going off at me. Man, what I tell you about leaving my gate open and shit and all this and all that. Now, he did say that shit. Don't get me wrong. But it slipped my mind. I mean, I'm 12. I mean, what the fuck you want me to do? I forget just like any other kid would forget. So, long story short, I ended up leaving the gate open. Like, I'm guessing the whole time while I was at school or... No, the whole time until somebody came home. It couldn't have been that long because I'm pretty sure that horse would have walked out that bitch. Long story short, man, the man went to arguing at me and shit because I left the little horse gate open, but the horse never came out. I guess he knew, goddamn, I'm supposed to walk out this bitch unless my owner come open that bitch. He went to fussing and shit. My horse could have got out. My horse could have got hit by a car. My horse cost so much money. Blah, 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 blah. So, while he talking to me and shit, I'm trying to ignore him because I'm feeling his the rage is getting out of control. So, I'm trying. He studied following me. Man, he was like, go feed the damn dog. So, I went and got there and went to go feed the, uh, went to go get the bowls and shit. And they all, the dogs had little plastic ceramic, not ceramic, like, you know that hard plastic that's, like fake ass glass, like if you squeeze enough, it'll break in like glass, but it's not glass. It's like I don't know what they call that shit, but it was it was it was harder than regular plastic. So I picked up one of the plastic bowls and he was still talking to me. I hadn't noticed that he had picked up the horse whip. I didn't notice this shit until I looked up, you know, because I was crying and shit by this time. You know, I'm sorry, and my bad. Cause I felt like something bad was gonna happen. So the man had the whip in his hand or whatever. And I had the little plastic dog bowl in my hand. And he was like, uh, he said something before I knew he had cracked that bitch. And it happened so fast 
Then he had uh he had split my He had split, he had cut my, the palm of my hand, and I still have the scar on my hand to this day from what he had did that shit, and like, it was bleeding real bad and shit, and he was like, go run some cold water on that shit and all that shit, and he ended up motherfucking goddamn, because I didn't find out till later that foster parents can't beat, can't beat you, if you're not adopted and they not permanent, you're not permanently theirs, they can't beat you, and you can report that shit, even though I knew that shit when I left Miss Brian's house, but... You know what I'm saying? I thought these people was going to be my real family or whatever. So, anyway, the man ended up knocking a big-ass gash in the middle of my hand or whatever. And you can tell at the end of the shit, you know, all that crying and shit I was doing and shit, it kind of got to him and it made him feel bad. Because after the shit happened, he got down, he helped me fix my hand up, put some shit on it, wrap that bitch up. He took me, got down to get something to eat. Got down, he bought me, I think he bought me like a couple of shirts or something. And they bought me a game. Yeah, they bought him, they bought me an Xbox game. Yeah, they bought me an Xbox game to play on his son's Xbox. Yeah, that shit. It was Mortal Kombat, uh, Deadly Alliance. I ain't gonna never forget that shit, because I thought that shit was so cool. And, um, <laughs> when I bought the game, when I, because we had came from GameStop, and it was, uh, he bought, the game was pretty expensive, too. It was like $28, you know, and that's when Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance was hot, so, uh, when I bought the shit or whatever, when he bought the shit for me and gave it to me, he's like, this yours, can't nobody play it but you, and all this and this and that, and really, it was, he was right, because nobody never played that shit, I guess they weren't fans of Mortal Kombat or whatever, but he let me have it, it was mine, and I remember when I opened a book to the game, when I opened the case to the game, and there was a booklet in there, you know, back in them times, in two, early 2000s, GameStop, you know, they leave the sleeves in the bit. They leave the case, I mean, the booklets in them. And it was pretty neat. So, I opened up the little booklet and I go to the back of the book. Somebody had took their time, listen to this shit, and wrote down all the fatalities of each character by pen in the back of the book. That shit was like, whoa, they are, whoever did this shit, <laughs> it fucking rocks. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, okay. So... After all that shit happened, whatever, and I ended up moving out with them, somehow they fixed it up to where I could uh, go back. I could go back to stay with my mom. You know, it kind of fucked me up because they didn't tell me until the last minute, so I wasn't emotionally prepared to go back and stay with her. I was still like, I ain't gonna never see my mom type shit. I mean, I was excited, don't get me wrong, but it was like, man, it's been like four years. I mean, this shit is gonna be so weird. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be weird. So, I ended up moving back in with my mom in Hattiesburg and shit. And, um, that wasn't stable. Because it was me, my sister. It was me, my big sister, my mama, and her boyfriend or whatever. In and out or whatever. But that shit, you know, it was just a bad situation altogether because her shit wasn't together. She was still working some of the brutal cool ass fast food job. You know what I'm saying? And I was just moving to the seventh grade. So I was turning 13 and shit. And because I remember right, it was like two weeks before Christmas. Because I remember I got there, I had, she had got me some shit for Christmas. I remember it was a white CD player she had got me. I had got some shirts. I had got them new K-Swiss that came out, them hot-top K-Swisses that were cold. They look kind of like Air Force, but K-Swiss style. Them bitches, she had bought me up. She bought me and my sister a pair. My sister had the black ones, and I had the white ones. And, um, 
Um, then, um, anyway, some shit ended up happening. She ended up getting into a fight with one of her boyfriends, and the nigga ended up knocking her ass out. I saw all this shit happen, and it was at nighttime. I saw all this shit happen, and she got knocked out. He ran, he ran around. They got into an argument or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He took off running. Cause we said we was gonna call the police. Then the niggas like this nigga like an hour later, nigga just came out nowhere running out the bushes. She, my mama, surrounded by my auntie and my granddad, like my three aunties and my granddad, and the nigga ran through them like jumped and like parted his way through them, knocked my mama out, literally like cold stone decked her ass and took off running. Yeah. And the next day, the people came and got me. Because that night, we had to go report that shit to the police or whatever. So, my name came up in the little shit. And I guess they found out. And, nigga, they showed up like the next day and came and got me. And... <sighs> That's when I ended up going to another group home in Hattiesburg. Which was great, by the way, also. So... Um, it was like a house. I want to say like a. Don't make me lie. It was a big ass white house. It was like a five bedroom house because the boys was on one side and the girls were literally they had a girl hall and a boy hall. And I remember, like they had security things on the windows. So like if you try to run away or escape, nigga, they know it was you. And um. I remember I stayed there for a little while, got close to people and shit, because they really treated you like family. And it, to me, it didn't really feel like no motherfucking group home. It didn't feel like no facility, because it was it was like a big-ass house. Ten boys stayed there. Ten girls stayed there. It wasn't, okay, it wasn't that big. I'm going to say five boys and, no, okay, six girls and six boys. Okay, okay, fine. Ten boys and ten girls. Even though that shit still seemed like it was a lot. Because I remember when we stayed in a room, it was only four of us to a room. Because you had the two bunk beds and then you had the two twin beds in each room. So, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say eight boys and eight girls. And um, that shit was, that, that was, to this day, I can say, really second to Mill Creek. I'm going to say second to Mill Creek. Just by a little bit, though. But well, I'm gonna say first, fuck that, because they was great, the people were nice, I never got treated mean, and everybody loved each other now. And the thing about that group home was like, they teach you how to be responsible. Like, you got, they give you a certain chore, like, okay, I'm on, you gotta wash the dishes. But, you know what I'm saying? The more you do your shit, you get points, and your points like convert into money. So let's say, if by the end of the week, you done accumulated. I'm going to say 500 points every day. You don't accumulate 500 points every day. At the end of the week, I think it was on Fridays, we get a stipend. And how your points go is like if you got like like 25,000 points by the end of that week or let's say 30,000 points by the end of that week, somehow they calculate it to, well, okay, well, you get $40 or you get $50 or you get $60. So everybody was always trying to wash dishes and clean up. and But the one thing was everybody had that didn't matter and you still got paid for the shit. Keep your room clean. 
make your bed. That's all they wanted. Keep your room clean and make your bed because they didn't have people to come in. That's why I say it didn't feel like a group home. They didn't have people to come in and clean up behind your shit. You had to do that shit yourself. We was like a big ass family. We used to have like water fights and water gun barbecues. We used to go to the movies. We used to go to the mall. Like only thing I didn't like, the only thing I can say I did not like about that place was that when we had to be transported, we had to ride around this old senior citizen ass special bus ass bus. Like that shit was embarrassing. But past that, man, it was perfect. It was great. Awesome. I, I didn't even want to leave. And um, where did I go after that? Uh, where did I go after that? Uh, I think I end up going. Yeah, that's when I moved after that group home. That's when I moved to the country. Yeah, because I was in seventh grade when I was there, and then I ended up moving to the country after I left Hattiesburg, and that was when I went to the eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, and um, um, that was in McLean, Mississippi, off in the whoo. It was basically like another Yazoo City, another Canton, Mississippi, but more country. Like the houses was more spread apart, and you know, it was basically the same shit. Basically the same shit. Really wasn't no different. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna wrap this up right here um, today, people, because um, I done gave y'all about 45 minutes. Worth a good storytelling. I'm going to have to save some more for next time. Because, you know, I got to keep y'all coming back. You feel me? So, this your boy, Melanin Dread, checking out, man. And, um, I check in with y'all whenever I get the chance. Peace and love.